This podcast is from our Tabar Gathering 2019. For more information on Tabar, please go to our website, tabar-network.com. It is a total honour to be here in front of you. And these days I don't speak often to Christians. I mostly work with people who don't know Jesus as clearly as you do. And it's just so wonderful to speak and gather together with the open intention of listening to the purity of what God is saying. And that's what we're going to do over this time we have. I hope it will be not so much a talk from me to you. I hope it will be more you tuning into God's speaking to you and to us. And that I'm just a facilitator of that. So I wonder if you could close your eyes, still your heart. And bring your focus to your God ears. I hope you can understand my accent. Bring your attention to that part of you that listens to your loving Father in heaven. Holy Spirit, we want to hear you. We want your word. We pray you will release your word into my heart and into the heart of the person next to me. We're hungry to hear from you. And so I want to read to you from Genesis 28. It's up on the screens if you like to look or you might like to just keep your eyes shut And listen, because we're asking God to speak to us through these these verses. It's the staircase to heaven. Jacob left Beersheba and set out to Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There were there above it stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. 
When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's household, then the Lord will be my God. And this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. I wonder, the guys on the, um, on the slides, if I miss any, can you click for me? Because I might get a bit carried away. Um, <laughs> it started off, he left his familiar place. He left his home to go to Haran. You see, his home had been his blessed place. He'd been blessed by his father, He'd got the blessing, and that's his comfortable place. And then it had all gone wrong, and his brother was after him, Esau, actually to kill him. And Alan spoke before break about places of uncertainty, places of discomfort. And I believe our starting point is to how we respond when we shift from the comfortable to the uncomfortable. From Alan's word, the certainty to the uncertainty. My home was my comfortable place, my safe place, my refuge, from which I went out and ran a rape crisis service and led the church. And when I'd come home, that was my haven. That was my comfortable place where I rested, where I was resourced, where life was fun and easy. And in 2017, that all changed. My home became my place of terror, my place of fear. Our daughter got diagnosed with a life-threatening illness. And suddenly that place that was my comfort place was no longer my place of comfort. It was my place of intense battle, intense anxiety, of stress, of exhaustion, of deep fear. And the question is, for all of us, there are times when our comfort place becomes our uncomfortable place. And in those moments, we have a choice. Will we get stuck on bemoaning our losses? Or will we, in that shift from the uncomfortable, sorry, from the comfortable to the uncomfortable, will we, in that, look for that staircase to heaven? Will we look for the opportunities, the movements of God? And that's simply the start.
as I said, I don't want this so much to be a talk, but me facilitating you shifting, hearing from God. And so I want to ask you, please, to um, stand up, go and find the nearest person to you who you don't know. Say hi, introduce who you are, and then I'll give you your next instruction. Okay, everybody, time to shush because you have an instruction. Okay, this person is going to help you let go of something. Okay. Because, listen in for a minute, because God wants us to make that shift from the certain to the uncertain that Alan was speaking of. From your comfort place to the uncomfortable and in that for us to be able to find what God's doing. We are going to get to the staircase with the angels coming and going, that's the fun bit. (laughs) The starting point is this, shifting from the comfort to the uncomfort. And you have two options, and you can pick which of these options fit you best to share. So tell your partner which of the set of questions to ask you. So either they're going to ask you, where has discomfort come to your comfortable place? If you're like me and you know instantly, yeah. I know the answer to that. Tell them to ask you that question. If so, next question, what might God be wanting you to let go of in this in order for you to see the angels? I had to let go of my fear. Simple, but incredibly difficult. Some of you, that question doesn't really fit the discomfort coming to your comfortable place and so you have the second option what things are you currently comfortable in you know it might be just your persona you're comfortable being introvert or you're comfortable being extrovert or you're comfortable being the cook the mum that whatever it is that might just be your comfortable place what is it that you need or you could let go of, what are you willing to let go of in that? Nothing wrong with being comfortable, but there's something about God shifting us so that we can see the angels and so we can take this land. And this is where this is going. Because you, Ireland, have been a great nation of missionaries. And I hear the Holy Spirit saying, every single one of you are now being called to be missionaries to this land. It is not so much a time for going to the world, although some of you, of course, will be exceptions. What it is, is all of you called to be missionaries to Ireland. We have here 500 missionaries for Ireland. That could make the history books. That's a lot of people. 
So the question, what are you willing to let go of in your comfort in order to see the angels ascending and descending here in your little village, your little town in Ireland? Okay, you've got three minutes each to answer those questions. I'll do a sound and then switch person so you both get a go. As we move on to the next verse, we're going to discover and see that we are all kings and priests. And we're going to live that these two days and beyond. It's not so much what's happening up here at the front. God's working in every single one of us. And so I want to ask you to remember that person you've just spoken to. And I want to ask you to take time over today and tomorrow to really hear from God for them. If you don't feel confident in that, go to Christine's workshop and she'll help you. But actually it's not about confidence, it's just about stilling your soul and listening. So please reach out to God for a word of encouragement, a word of scripture to give to that person and pray for them in person over this conference, okay? So, going back to our passage, now we get to the angels, the fun bit. Verse 12, angels are bringing God's messages from heaven down to earth, doing tasks for God, and also back up again. They're taking our wishes and taking them up to God. And there's this coming and going on this amazing staircase. But before we get into that, it starts with God's voice. Not the angels, not the staircase. God's voice. I need to click, don't I? <laughs> Verse 13, I am God. There is an open place to step into where the angels are moving, all around where you live and where you breathe. But it starts with, I, God, am bigger than anything. I precede all of this you're dealing with. And I will outdate it. <laughs> I am the God of those who came before you and those who will come after you. I am bigger than. And that's what God wants to breathe into your spirit before you get specific about your commissioning and your hearing. So please just take a moment. If it helps to shut your eyes. And hear God say to you, I am God, the God of your forefathers, the God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac. He is the stable one who remains as generations come and go. He is the rock. Let him speak that to you right now. And from that clarity of God, immense, supreme, peacefully authoritative, a 
against that backdrop, he shows us how he works. Angels ascending and descending on a staircase. That staircase is like a bridge. It's a link from heaven to earth, from earth to heaven. And that's what God is pulling you more and more strongly into. That linking, it's a metaphor, staircase, bridge, whatever metaphor you want, there's a linking. You know, when you stand in worship and you put both your hands like this, you are in your body embodying this staircase. It's I'm linking from heaven to my feet on earth and from my feet grounded in my everyday real life I'm linking to the divine to the supernatural to heaven and the angels pass through our bodies and work with us you are a bridge a staircase. You know, the original meaning of the word priest is a bridge. And I believe in this land, God, wants, God is doing and wants to do something new in terms of redeeming the priesthood. And in the New Covenant, in 1 Peter, it says, we are all kings and priests you are as a believer in Jesus already anointed as a priest as a bridge a priest is a bridge to link heaven to earth earth to heaven and you don't need me to tell you how the priesthood has been corrupted in this land this is not a political point. It comes with anguish from someone who's given 17 years of my life to run a service to care for people who've been sexually abused. And we know that in my land of England and in your land of Ireland, many institutions have abused the people they are supposed to serve sometimes sexually, sometimes just through pure misuse of power. And of course, that's not every ordained priest. There are some beautiful people who carry that ordination. But it also is a scourge in both of our lands. And the priesthood has been corrupted. And part of the revival of refreshing this land for the true pure water of intimacy with Jesus to be found, for heaven and earth to be connected the Holy Spirit is here to redeem the priesthood. And you are that priesthood. Some of you here are 
literally ordained. All of you are kings and priests. And God wants to raise up a multiplicity of priests who will be his original intention for a priest, a bridge. And a bridge is just a rough wooden bridge. Oh, I've gone to the wrong bit. It's not corrupted by power. It's not corrupted by ego. Because it's not about the bridge. It's about connecting heaven and earth, earth and heaven. And that's what he commissions you, his people, to do. To be a rough, wooden, common garden bridge. A true priest. And as I was praying for you um, yesterday, I had um, a Japanese word came into my head, random head that I have. <laughs> and um, it's called kintsugi. Kintsugi, you can Google it. And I believe it's key for this priesthood thing. Um, kintsugi is a Japanese art where they take broken pieces of classically pottery and part of, well, a core to the art is they work with the history of the brokenness of the pottery and they make um, a glue that they put gold into and with that gold glue they piece the pieces the broken pieces back together not in a way to hide the brokenness the opposite to enhance the brokenness they go with the history of the brokenness and they weave gold into it and I sense there's something in that as you redeem the priesthood in Ireland. You don't deny the brokenness. You don't try and cover it up. In England, when we stick broken pottery together, we try and not see the glue and not see the broken pieces. This is upheld as art in Japan where you do the opposite. You embrace the brokenness. You embrace the history. You study the history and you redeem it. You bring gold into it. And I commission you to embrace the broken history of your land and to stick it back together into God's true intention for it with beauty, with gold that sticks it together. And part of that is connecting heaven and earth, knowing the angels will flow as you do that, true priests. And then verse 13 it says, I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying.
We heard in Alan's talk this morning about the ancient history of Ireland. And I believe God is speaking again. I will give you this land in which you are lying. I will give you your Ireland as it was created to be. It has been greatly contested, this land, since those early days. Contested for Catholic and Protestant. Contested for North and South. When you're only a small country, why should we divide? Contested even now for Europe. And God's heart is, he will give you this land as he originally intended in his beautiful creative intention what he intended this land to be. And interestingly, he says to Jacob, go wherever you want to go. <laughs> Let's have a look at it. Verse 15, I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. <laughs> It's like, there's this whole land, I'll go with you wherever you go. It doesn't matter where you go. <laughs> Just anywhere in this land. <laughs> anywhere. Everywhere. Just go. Get out of your comfort place. Just go. Take anywhere in this land and I will be with you. And the angels will come and go. You'll be priests. And I believe God is saying to you, I will give you this land, God's original creative intention for this land. And he's asking you to step into working out where and how. Don't sit here waiting just for an infilling of the Holy Spirit. Go wherever you go. You decide. I want to ask you, what is your apostolic imagination for this land? What is it? You think it up. You ask God. He's given you an active brain and imagination. He's given you a pumping, beating heart. Those are the tools through which you choose where you go in this land. Go and fill it with God's creative intention for this land, wherever you want to. It might be, you know, that you run a small business. I've met loads of you who, have run, who run small businesses. Let that start to be your apostolic influence to this land. It may be you're investing in being a parent. How could you turn that into something that is your apostolic investment to bring transformation to Ireland, to be a missionary to Ireland? Whatever it is, wherever you go, you pick. I really don't think God minds. <laughs> what do you want to do? What patches of earth do you want to see open up to heaven? God is giving you a creative mandate to co-create with him. He releases some of the design into your hands. So dream for Ireland. Dream for the culture that will evolve. How would you love this culture to be? 
in five years' time, in 10 years' time. It's up to you. <laughs> Let fresh apostolic imagination be released in our nation. And so you've got a little star sticker on your seat. And I hope you have a pen. We're not providing those for you. <laughs> if you haven't, you can nudge your neighbor and share. And we're going to take a holy moment right now. We're going to have a response later. But we're journeying on this together. This is not me talking at you. Right now, I want to ask you if you had the freedom to dream, which you have. <laughs> what is your dream? What, where would you like to go in terms of what would you like to use as your missionary tool for Ireland? What transformation would you love to see in society? And just start asking God. And anything you think, jot it down on your little star. What are the angels' missions you want to see happening? Dream big, dream small, it doesn't matter. It's about taking this whole land. We'll take the land one person at a time. I'm going to keep going, but you keep your star. You can keep adding to it as we go. And now we're going to look at verse 17. Because you see, as we take this land, as you take hold of your calling to be a missionary to this land, there are God spots. We see that in verse 17. This is the gate of heaven. He says, how awesome is this place? And so we need to look for these places, these places that are God's spots. And when you find them, step into them. It'll be an open heart somewhere. It'll also be an open door somewhere. And those open doors are very human they don't tend to look terribly spiritual in my experience. They're often through your network, someone you knew ages ago, and they contact you and they say, well, would you come and help me with what I'm doing over here? It's an open door. Look for God's spots. Those places of openness where, where you think, oh, this is a bit awesome. <laughs> go for it when you see it's a bit awesome <laughs> I had one of those I can't say too much publicly but someone who I've known for many years and been supporting and he ends up in parliament and um, about a year ago he said to me Maggie would you help me with some of my colleagues in parliament and I, I've just been doing with them what I do through my work but I find myself coaching a whole group of MPs in the Houses of Commons. It's a God spot, and it's constantly changing. I can't give you names, but you will have seen various ones of them in the papers recently. Um, and I don't really know, you know, what 
I'm doing, but each time I do something, I just pray, heaven, earth, earth, heaven, angels, and let's just speak what we know of goodness, of truth. And also God spots are just one person that may not be in a big place of power like that illustration, so there's a weakness of that illustration. But God spots, look for them, opportunities, open doors. Because we are called, you are called to be gatekeepers. This is the gate of heaven. And it's very easy to get stuck on old gates that actually are no longer the God spots they used to be, but they are no longer because God keeps moving and the world keeps moving and what he's doing keeps moving and society keeps changing. And I just want to give you a bit of a nudge and say, please check out what gates are you currently guarding? <laughs> you know, what are the spots that you're sitting in and you're investing lots into? Because you're a really key gatekeeper and we want our gatekeepers really strategically positioned. <laughs> and a few of you, there's no judgmentalism in this, but some of you are guarding old gates that are no longer relevant I searched for pictures. I don't know if I got the best ones, but the one on the left is supposed to be like an old creaky gate where, you know, the battle's moved on. It's not the right spot anymore. Are you guarding an old spot where it used to be an awesome place, but it really isn't anymore? Let's be real. Come on. You know, and we get stuck there because we talk about being faithful. And of course, that's a godly quality. But I just sense God wanted me to say to you, come on, just be honest. It's not a God spot anymore. Go and be faithful somewhere else. Keep the faithfulness, but not there, darling. <laughs> Please. <laughs> you know, life moves on. You move on. Be faithful somewhere else. Where are the God spots? Where there's opportunity, heaven is opening. And in those places, there's something about new names. Verse 18 and 19. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. In other words, he made up a brand new name. <laughs> it's like, actually, this place is called Lurgan. That's his proper name, Luz. And he's just made up a completely new name. <laughs> it's a faith name, because Bethel means the place of God. And there's, in this missionary thing, God's calling you to... Part of it is going to be one of the tools to help create the shift is start creating some new names. <laughs> new names for old things. Yeah, it was just a stone. That stone has been there for ages. He used it as a pillow. Not a very comfortable pillow. <laughs> 
He used it as a pillow. He woke up in the morning. He realized what God was doing. He picks up the stone. He turns it on end, and it becomes a different shape. And he calls it a pillar. He calls it a temple. It becomes Bethel. He gives it a new name. It's just a really ordinary thing, just a stone. (laughs) But because he renames it, something supernatural happens. And I want to ask you to look at your own stones, your own loaves and fishes, your own ordinary stuff, and think, wow, I wonder what that could be renamed to breathe faith into it. You see, I can see normal things that are not very exciting, if we're honest, becoming the place of God because you rename it. I'm not quite sure what those normal things are, but I'm, I was trying to imagine what normal things do we have. Maybe you have a men's breakfast. I've no idea. <laughs> Maybe you need to rename that men's breakfast as a business coaching circle, for instance. Suddenly, by giving it a different name, you breathe faith and vision into it. We've seen it all over the UK where... Um, there's this rage of talking about forest schools. Do you have that here? It's become the big thing, forest schools. What is it? It's just taking our children into nature and teaching them there. There's nothing new about that. It's old as the stone that he was lying on, yeah? (laughs) But because they've given it a wonderful name, forest schools, wow, Wow, that's brilliant. I'm excited. I'd love my children to go to a forest school. Yeah, it's a new name that breathes life into it. And people are making businesses out of it. And most important, our children's experience of society is being transformed. Because we've renamed something that's really normal and old. Yeah? What have you got that's really normal and old and actually, if you're honest, is a bit boring? (laughs) It's not very exciting. We're not really seeing much angels coming and going and wow. But actually, what could be your vision for it? If you could think blue sky around your little skill... Maybe you're great at baking cakes. What is it you, you have that's just normal? How could you rename it? And through that, faith comes. Through that, you are walking into the apostolic vision for this land. Because it's not going to just happen by some kind of only spiritual experience in a meeting and I love those spiritual experiences I love worship don't hear me being negative about that or cynical about that but I would hate you to just be waiting in a meeting for some revival experience this has to happen in the land 
in our kids' education, in your businesses. And you might think, my business is only three people. But how could you transform that and actually shape the thinking of the nation in regards business? Because this nation is full of small businesses. And businesses can transform this nation probably better than politics. It's the substance that the nation is built on. What is it you could rename? Write those things on your stars. Write some new names that would make it more exciting, more faith-filled. And then, of course, we have to walk in it and do it. And finally, and then we're going to take some time to pray, although we've, I hope, been praying all the way through. Oh, finally, verse 20. It's a very strange ending, I think. There's a real heart cry here, and actually, I think, a lot of angst and uncertainty to go back to where we started. Alan's certainty to uncertainty. And the uncertainty is that word, if. Verse 20, if God will be with me. He's actually not quite sure. <laughs> if God will be with me. Whatever is on your star, whatever is going to come on your star, Whatever new names you're going to start renaming the ordinary things you've got, God wants to come and connect with your if. Because this is the humanity of the, you know, we can make it sound exciting, can't we, from a stage. But I know the real walk is if. The real walk is, oh my gosh, this isn't as easy as I had thought or as wonderful as I had thought. And there's Jacob with his head on a stone pillow. I mean, that would have been really uncomfortable. That stone pillow was hard and painful to lie on. And sometimes as we walk in this calling to be missionaries to this land, it takes us to the point of wondering how we can carry on. And our hearts break more than we ever thought was possible. <laughs> and we think, God, I never knew this is what I was signing up for. This isn't the excitement of the worship meeting. This is painful. This stone pillow is cutting into my neck and I never expected it to be this hard. And God, are you there or not? What are you doing? If, 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 if you will be with me. And the ending, of course, comes... At the end of Matthew 28. And God wants to speak to us so clearly, so strongly. 
Of course, of course I will be with you. Of course I am with you. He is the one at the top of that staircase with the angels. He, I am the God before and to come. Of course I am with you. Matthew 28, I will be with you even to the end of the age as you go and make disciples. Yes, he will, he will, he will. He is, he is, he is with us. And so when our hearts break, more than we ever thought was the deal for this journey. Right there, it becomes a beautiful place, a sacred place. It becomes the altar, the place of God, where God dwells, Bethel. Bethel, the house of God, the place where God dwells, the best place we can ever dwell. And this is the end of the journey. This is your destination. To be in Bethel. To be knowing the embrace of God. And everything else fades away. Because God is with you more than you can ever know. Whatever the pain of the stone pillow whatever the excitement of the journey, whatever the highs, the lows, the destination, yes, he will, he will, he will be with you and me. I wonder if we can just close our eyes. And breathe. Breathe in God's presence with you. He will be with you. He is. Breathe in his commissioning. Wherever you go, I will be with you. And I will give you this land. That's God's intention for this land to give it to his church, to you, to be pure priests, to redeem the land. Let's ask God to make clear to you of the different thoughts that we've gone through. Just ask him to make clear to you what are the key thoughts for you, for you to step into in a real way as you go into this next season, these next months in real life? What are the key thoughts that God wants you to step into? Um, I feel like when Maggie was talking about the, um, the renaming, um, I feel like that was hitting um, specific people in the room really heavily. And my guess, I don't want to presume anything, but my guess is it would be um, people uh, of our older generation. I felt like um, the Lord was speaking to those who have been around the mountain a few times, you know, us 
40, mid 40s, 50 something, 60 somethings. We've been around the mountain and we've gotten a bit battered and um, uh, uh, bruised from that time. I feel like the Lord had a specific word to some of those people to try again, to, to look again. If that resonates with you, could I ask you to please stand up? Okay, uh, who need a fresh wind, fresh eyes. So I feel like, wow, whoa. Um, I feel like there's um, a fresh, fresh wind coming on, on you specifically. So could I invite you to open your hands? And hear the Lord's invitation and um, permission. And he's wooing. I feel like he's standing in front of you, wooing you forward to say, try again. Try again. It's going to be different this time. It's going to be different this time. You can try again. Even if you do the same thing that you did before, you can try again because the Lord is going to bring some fresh fire, some fresh Holy Spirit, some fresh wind. So that renaming of something old was a specific prophetic word to many of you. The renaming of something old, it wasn't something old. The timing is now. The timing is now. The Lord is drawing you into a new season with the old things and he's re-anointing those old things and so we bless that we bless that in the name of Jesus and we ask you Holy Spirit to blow off of our thinking to blow off those old things those old conclusions those old um, those old judgments those old condemnations, those old things that we have shut the door on, that you never shut the door on those things. So, Father, we speak a blessing over these ones. We speak a blessing for new eyes, new ears, and a new commissioning. Let them hear the new name on those, on those old things. Try again. Just another word as well. When I was on, traveling over in the plane, I felt the Lord speaking to me from Hosea 6, uh, where it says, Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. And I feel that he would speak into a lot of situations that God is going to pour his Holy Spirit upon this land. And the land of the Spirit is going to be poured out. But we must understand that there's a massive, massive difference between the winter rains and the spring rains. And some of you need the winter rains and some of you need the spring rains. And you're going to get the rain you need. In the winter, you know, all of the trees look like they're dead. They're in hibernation. You know, all of the seeds are invisible and dead in the ground, and it looks desolate. It looks like there's no life. But what happens is the winter rains fill up the aquifers, 
where, where the earth is dry, where all the water has run out. It's in the, the rain in the winter that comes from the spirit is filling the aquifers to the top level, ready for the spring, ready for the outpouring, ready for the blessing that will come. So if you're in winter, God's going to bring you the winter rains that are going to fill the resources, fill the aquifers and build you up. Because spring is really different. Um, you know, with all of the buds and all of the trees that are all out and all of the flurry and all of the chaos of new life, none of the rain reaches the aquifers. It sucks straight away into the trees, into the plants, into the buds. And if you're in a place where there is potential, there's outpouring, there's all sides of new life, there's kinds of different things that happen. The potential is there. The seeds are beginning to bring forth. God's going to pour the spring rains upon you. And the things that you see are just going to suck up that, uh, that rain, suck up that rain from God. And they're going to you know, grow by you know, a foot a week. <laughs> you, know, you, you, you look at the you know, one minute there's no flower. The next minute, the next day, bang, the flower's out. And that's the spring rains coming. So the, 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 the rain of God is coming. It's going to come to those of you that are in the winter and those of you that are in the spring. But it's all part of the revival movement that's coming. Yay. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to um, put our stars on a map of Ireland, which is on the floor down here. Take some time to get clear on what you're writing on your star. You may already have got that clear. Um, in which case, you can come straight down the front. Um, if you haven't, take some time. On your star is what you believe is the area, the God spot that you want to step into in terms of bringing heaven to earth, earth to heaven. Yeah? What's the God spot for you now? Not old doors that are rusty. What's the stepping into spot? where you're asking for the angels to come and go, where you're prepared to be the bridge, where you're prepared to stand in the gap with your hands to heaven and your feet on earth. Get that clear on your star. It might be a new name that sums that up. And then as we bring our stars, place them on the map of Ireland, which is on the floor down here, we're going to be praying for the rains to come on Ireland. We're going to pray. We're going to pray blessing on these different stars of clarity that each of you are going to own. And this is going to be your act of dedication to God. This is your act of worship to say, God, I give this to you and I will stand into this in an ongoing way over this year, over however many years you ask me to. I'm going to step in in faith in this. Your act of worship. And we're just going to pray blessing and rain and rain upon it. So let's be reaching out, praying that blessing. The bands will help us to water these seeds. And if you would like individual personal prayer for those things, then rather than going back to your seats, come and fill up the front area. If we get too many people, you can come down the aisles. If you get muddled up with people walking, put your hand in the air so we know you want prayer. Um, and if you see anyone down the front or with their hands in the air, go and ask them what the seed is that they're wanting to plant on the map of Ireland and then pray into that. Pray the rains, the winter rains, the spring rains, 
to come upon that. Let's reach out for God's words of encouragement, God's words of sending, and God's work, words of protection as well, because there is spiritual warfare in this. Let's not be blind. But when we stand as a body, we have strength. We're not going out as individual soldiers. That's when we're weak. But we are making a spiritual act together to cluster around each other and protect each other and be soldiers together and that's why I've asked you to look out for your partner that you talked with at the beginning of this talk to pray for them and to speak into them over these two days and I hope beyond that so we are supporting each other and standing together okay let's go for it when you're ready bring your stars onto the map let's pray blessing on it all and then after that, and sort of for many time now, feel free to go off and get lunch. We won't kind of do an official end for lunch, um, but just go out the back and you'll find it. And stay here as long as you want while you're being prayed for.